0: Thank you. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am Elvis, your host, and I'm here to let you know that this is a not-safe-for-work podcast, and we are teachers at the end of the week and really the end of our ropes, and we'd like to be able to talk honestly and openly about what we do without having to worry about losing our jobs. So we'll be using pseudonyms throughout the podcast. Today is a very special episode. We have our host, Bunny O'Hare, taking the lead today, and all-female host group today to talk about reproductive rights. Yes, that's right today we're talking about reproductive rights, how they apply to education, how do they apply to us teachers. And first, I want to say, while I'm not on this episode, I support everything these women say 100% and support their right to do whatever they want with their bodies because it's theirs. Next, I also want to let you know that there is a trigger warning here. If you are sensitive about the topics of abortion, miscarriages, pretty much anything in that general wheelhouse, you just might want to, you know, listen cautiously or skip the One altogether. This is a very liberal, left leaning podcast. And so if that's just going to piss you off and make you just slam on your brakes, then, you know, skip it. That's fine with me. Anyway, I'd like to thank all the patrons who support us here, so I'd like to give a big shout-out to all of them. Here we go. All of our patrons. da 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 Big thank you to them. Mistress Mischief, Natasha S., Miss Anthropy, Princess Buttercup, Dragon Lady, Sunday L., Kelsey, Nicole B., Shannon E., Helena C., Aaron B., Stephanie S., Maggie M., Texas Teacher Kristen, Miss Sunshine, Hattie F., James and Allie J., Jody D., Samantha D., Lisa C., Rachel, Jin Jeannie, Exhausted Band Director, Kimberly K., Kim K, Jessica A, Swift Lab Owners, Amanda F, Ariana L, Physics Runner, Steph, Science seat 17, Michael M, William P, Aldrich T, La Scorpionita, Britt M, Iron Swine, Noelle R, Teacher H, Teresa H, Biker Teach, Marsha M, Christina B, Kristen B, Jason F, Amber H, Abby B, Sarah B, Regina L, Josie S, Sam B, Lucy P, Mary E, Jamie B, Red Violin, Kristen W, Vanessa J, Mary C, RJR, Kristen C, Johanna H, Spurs Panty. Band- Irma A., Nimi, Melissa M., and Sarah N. Big thank you to all those patrons out there who support us. I'd also like to thank our podcast sponsor, Ludlam Dramatics. If you are a theater teacher or no one in your building, send them to Ludlam Dramatics. They make exclusive posters for educational theater classroom teachers, and you really can't find them anywhere else in the U.S. All right, friends. Enjoy this episode. There is going to be one small little bit that's been cut out and put onto the patron, and all of the resources and things mentioned will be available in the show notes as well as on our website. So, everyone, enjoy. Check yourselves. Love you. Vote. Enjoy the podcast.
1: <laughs> Usually, I'm chanting balls going into this, but that feels really <laughs> awkward right now. I can like chant, something <laughs> uh, chant something for you. Chant something for Shirley. Fuck the
2: Supreme Court. Fuck the
1: Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> that Box works Supreme for Court. me. That works for me. Uh, welcome to a very sp- very special episode of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. I am your guest host, Bunny O'Hare. And uh, before we get started, before we introduce our fabulous hosts today, um, I do just want to go on record and say that this is a liberal, hippie, left-leaning unequivocally pro-choice podcast and the opinions expressed here will reflect such. With that said, we have some of the finest minds in education joining us tonight. We have your friend and mine, Mama Chicken. Hey, friends. We have got the beautiful, her beauty surpassed only by her brains, Zola Zanzibar with us. Hello. I wish we didn't have to be here right now. (laughs) <laughs> and we have the stunning, and we miss her so much, Lucille Lane. Hey, y'all. Yay! And I saved the best for last because I always look forward to hearing her quotes. surely, what do you <laughs>
2: got for us? I just love a big, strong man who's not afraid to show it with someone half his size. Hey, so...
1: um. Yeah, kind of a weird week. Uh, To quote Nick Fury's stupid ass decision, I think that brought up a lot of emotions. So let me just check in with our people. Um, Lucille, how you doing? You all right?
3: I mean, uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, I don't need an abortion right now. So I'm sure those people who do need an abortion right now are not that great, and I sympathize, empathize, and all these sizes for them. Um, I've thought about that loud and hard, but in a nutshell, health-wise, sure, I'm great. (laughs) Mental health as well, because I know this. Yeah, yeah. This is more sad girl summer for me, so um, it's okay, though. That's all right. We're getting the mental health I need. I I, I am seeing someone and uh, doing all the good things. Good. That's good. We... We, lo- we love to see the self-care yeah
1: Zola how you doing y'all I get so tired <laughs> <laughs>
4: I just I've been mad since like late 2015 yeah. I'm so tired <laughs> yeah no I'm I'm I am okay I am not going to get beat down
1: but I'm tired <laughs> I feel it
2: Shirley, you doing okay over there? Oh, um, you know, a uh, panic attack this morning. Just uh-huh. casual panic attack. Um, still kind of recovering from COVID. Kicked my ass way more than anybody else in my family's, per, you know, tradition. Um, my mom's, ha- like, has an injury that we're dealing with. Honestly, it really hasn't hit me yet. And it will, um, and we'll get into why, but I thankfully have a therapy appointment already set up for tomorrow morning. There's that, at least. I'm trying to be proactive.
1: That's good, that's good.
5: And Mama Chicken, you all right? I'll- I kind of um, identify with Shirley in that I I, I I feel kind of numb about it because when the first document was leaked, and I was enraged, and then it actually happened, and I was like, of course it did, and I just, like, I'm mad, and, and I I don't know, frustrated about that. Um, Otherwise, you know, it's summer, so.
1: At least there's that. I will say at least we're not, like, I'm pretty thankful we're not in the classroom right now, because yeah, what we're going to be kind of looking at and talking about is what this means for women in general and specifically for teachers. I'm going to briefly call on uh, Zola's knowledge here uh, because Zola actually works in a law-related, law-adjacent. I don't want to give too much away. Field is it? Can you give us a brief rundown of why? This isn't just about
4: abortion. I have noticed a lot of people. There's been a lot of like misinformation, and and that's almost as bad as like disinformation. So, um, so it is good to kind of. So the case is actually Dobbs versus Jackson, it's Women's Health Organization, and it was heard by the Supreme Court, obviously, um, and it's what overturned Roe and another case, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that. Uh, had reaffirmed Roe. They overruled both of those because originally Roe was decided under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment in the Constitution that provides a fundamental right of privacy, which protects a pregnant woman's right to abortion with Due Process Clause nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property um, and without due process of law. That's what Roe was about. Um, privacy, that's the big... Thing in there. Um, Planned Parenthood reaffirmed it. And, uh, Planned Parenthood v. Casey reaffirmed it. Now Dobbs now is overruling both, saying that the Constitution does not confer any right to abortion under equal protection or due process. So the authority to regulate is returned to, this is important, to the people and the elected representatives. It didn't say states. So that language leaves open for either a federal ban or guarantee. Um, Just just saying the Constitution doesn't uh, guarantee it, which is why we've had a lot of states suddenly enact these trigger laws that they've had before. That's why all of a sudden, I think it was Missouri that was the first one to ban, um, do a full out ban. These trigger laws are garbage. Um, Most, I mean, obviously, but a lot of times they are either have been on the books, some of them have you know have conflicting information? So that's the thing, um, and because of that, you know, we obviously had you know the five that were in, well, six in the majority, three dissented. Um, but what has gotten everybody a lot worried, um, but not surprised, is that Clarence Thomas wrote a concurrence, and a concurrence is when they have a there's a ruling and they agree, but either for a different reason or with additional stuff. And his little additional stuff, he argued that it doesn't, you know, th- that the due process clause is not secure right, and thinks that they should apply that reasoning to other landmark cases. And he specifically mentioned Griswold, Lawrence, and Oberfeld. Um, Griswold had to do with, in 1965, about women, uh, excuse me, married couples, I think it was a wo- married woman, have right to access contraceptives, Lawrence was a, uh, was v Texas was a sodomy law and allow we cannot outlaw consensual gay sex. And Oberfell um, established a constitutional right to same sex marriage. That's why we, you know, it it Roe has been because it does deal with privacy um, has been referred to as the domino. And once Roe is gone, other there are other decisions people can bring cases to the Supreme remove. Previous right, um, and I do have to say there was one about Loving versus Virginia. That is the um, right to uh, have interracial marriage, and obviously Clarence Thomas is married to a white woman, a, a seditious, evil white woman. That's different. Um, it's a good joke, but it, it's under the that one is decided under the Equal Protection Clause and not due process. He's specific, specifically speaking to due process, and that's why it's not mentioned. And I think some of that stuff, some of those nuances are important when we talk about these because as teachers, you know, it, it, the information is important. You need to be specific on what we're having
1: an issue with. Thank you for clarifying and spelling that out for us because I was one of those very people who did not understand the distinction between Loving versus some of the other cases. So, Oh, I did too. Oh, and
4: I need, I, mean, I need to say, I'm not a lawyer and... If I have misspoken in, my information is right. I know I looked it up. Everybody's giving their time and emotional labor for the podcast. And so if there's any extra information, I think just go look it up.
2: Disagree, you are a goddess, not a teacher. (laughs) Yes, I am, in fact. Thank you, sweetheart. That's right. Guys, I'm going to be
1: honest. I just kind of don't even know where to begin. We would just like to offer a heartfelt middle finger to everyone who told us we were overreacting in November
5: of 2016. Like, one of my... Teacher BFFs actually was very Republican. We're still BFF. When it happened, she sent me a text and I was like, oh my God, y'all, Trump won. And she sent me a text and said, maybe it won't be so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Four years later, I was like, hey, remember that time that you said she had to agree? She was like, okay, it was so bad.
1: As teachers, there's kind of two angles to this. There's kind of how does this affect our students and then how does this affect us because teaching is a, as we all know, a mostly largely female profession. The the opinion was leaked before school was out for most of us. Um, Did any of you guys have students mention it? I know, uh, Surely, you teach kids that are a little older than mine. Did any of yours say anything about it? They did.
2: Um, They were pretty scared. Um, I teach high school, and these were my, specifically my seniors, who were really, really scared and wanted to know what their options were. They were advising each other, you know, look into IUDs, look into... Um, you know, long-term birth control. It, it, it brings up a lot for me. Um, because I have a kid who's a daughter and that's the scariest thing for me. Like that's the scariest part. They, they're, they're upset. They're angry.
1: Mine didn't mention it too much, but I teach middle school. Um, but I know the other teachers that I work with, the, the ones that lean in a similar political direction, Definitely, like, the next day, we were all just kind of giving each other looks in the hallways, like, what the hell is going on? So it's, it's distressing. Um, I'm glad to hear your students saying, like, looking into long-term contraception, because that has a
2: little less room for user error. Well, but then that opens up another whole can of worms. These stupid white men, stupid white men. Um, I know they did it in Louisiana, and I believe somebody in Texas said they were going to draft a bill where they are claiming that things like IUDs are abortives and fall under this domino. Does anybody else have an IUD besides me? I do not. not me? Would you say
1: are some of the advantages or drawbacks? Do you recommend that for other
2: similarly minded teachers who might be yes. freaking the hell out right now? Absolutely. My IUD... Um, Saved my ass In a couple of ways The first is That um, After I had My youngest My daughter My doctor told me That if I Got pregnant again um, That I would not make it To the hospital That I would have Like Because I gave birth to her In two hours From start (laughs) to finish And um, My older son It was Four and a half And Yes Yes and they said, they, you know, she said, if you, if you get pregnant and you have another kid, you're not going to make it to the hospital. And that's scary as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I'm done. I was done. Um, but she said, you know, cause I hadn't been on birth control in years and years and years. Um, but she said, you need to look into something more permanent because you, you know, Your options will be limited. And so um, I went on just regular birth control, and I didn't have a good experience with it. And I probably tried, like, four different ones. And finally, um, I went to a new gynecologist, and he said, well, you know, it's free. You should get an IUD. Your insurance comes at 100%. And I didn't know about it. And, um, I did the research. It's a hormonal IUD. It was implanted in the office, but it's brief. And, um, what it has done, is essentially almost eliminated my periods, which is great. I have really heavy, scary ones. And, um, very often I will miss at least a day or two per month just because I, my legs weren't working or I was in so much pain. I couldn't walk after I did that. Um, my awesome husband, Mr. Temper, he went ahead and, and got a vasectomy on top of it. And it was so funny because I was talking to like a year later, um, at my gynecologist, I told him, I'm like, Hey, in addition to this, my husband got the vasectomy. He said, did you know that vasectomies are not as successful as an IUD is? Hmm. I had no yeah. idea. There you go. There you go. That is a thing to know. It is a thing to know. And so we have both. But I still worry. You know, I'm worried. Yeah. So I firmly, I mean, I 100% recommend the IUD, but that's me. And that may not be the same for everybody. Um, I also recommend just no men ever. But (laughs) Salt I am legally obligated similar. to share my life with my husband. Nice. Have you guys thought about that? Thought about like birth control and, and what that could mean down the line?
5: Yeah. It's a scary, sure. scary thought.
4: It, it, there's a lot of stuff I've been reading. Birth control and failure rates. And I came across stuff on intimate partner violence and the numbers on women who um, are forced to have a pregnancy. It's not all when they don't use birth control or they're being careless. It's either some, their birth control failed or it was sabotaged. Y'all know what stealthing is? No. Nope. It <laughs> hope you never find out. It is when uh, a man will remove the condom without the the um their partners noticing. Mm-hmm. And um that happens. And um or sabotaging birth control um or coercing or forcing into pregnancy. closing the condom. Yeah. I mean the pills, losing pills, making sure they don't take them at the same time. Um, there's a lot of stuff. And it, a lot of that is what concerns me is the amount of abuse that can happen to people rates on <laughs> number one cause of, of pregnant women is uh, homicide De- cause of death for pregnant women, is homicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of intimate partner violence that happens when a woman gets pregnant. Um, and I think that's just been on my mind more than anything on the danger this puts a lot of people in, not even for someone who just does not want to have a baby or is not equipped to have a baby, when it's dangerous for someone to have a baby, not just with their medical medical issues or health, with just their life situation. So that, that's
2: been on my mind a lot. In addition to that... Um the fact that this does not include cases of rape or incest. Um, well, and that that's something that I think
5: about a lot. Call me, call me naive, but I just learned that I've had an abortion. I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a miscarriage and um, at nine, nine, 10 weeks and it was not a planned pregnancy, but it didn't matter. We were, we were going to carry it through. Um, and, but we had miscarriage and so the doctor was like, Well, you know, come you you can get rid of this naturally and let it run its course. Or and it might be painful. Or because the baby had no there was no heartbeat or the, the <laughs> fetus. Uh, no, the baby it was a fetus had no heartbeat. And and they are like, or we could do a DNC. And I was like, Okay, a DNC. Sounds good. And it was like literally this week. That someone was like, a DNC is an abortion. I was like, I, I, I didn't even know. Two but weeks like, ago, I, can't I figured can't that imagine. out. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. imagine not having that option. And at, God, damn it. We
2: talked about this. Um, I had the same situation. Um, I, I did want my pregnancy. And um, I, I lost uh, the fetus at about seven weeks. And um, I was in huge amounts of pain. And when I went into the emergency room, um, you know, no viable heartbeat, disease, that kind of thing, and my body wouldn't pass it, and I was in a lot of pain. So they did a DNC. and it, two weeks ago, I found out what that was. And that also includes atopic pregnancies. So there's a lot of what does what does this prevent?
5: Exactly. I mean, uh, why would you put someone through that mental anguish? Like you must carry this thing that's now dead until it expels itself painfully and naturally. I, I don't, I don't know. I had well, a friend a
1: lot of who people- had a whole like
5: mental health crisis on
1: top of, you know, the emotional hurt of losing a wanted pregnancy because of the... It, and these are her words, and I apologize if this is this may be triggering for people. In her words, knowing that she was walking around with a dead baby inside of her. And that, it, mm-hmm. put her through some stuff emotionally for a long time. So I, I am, I mean, on top of the physical consequences of a pregnancy, like what that does to your body, I y'all know I had a baby in this last year and I was 39 and a half at the time. And it is, I mean, it wears your body out like physical consequences. Holy shit. But what about the mental health consequences as well?
3: Right. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of, speaking of mental, um, mental health or, or just mental disabilities um, as a former special ed teacher, I know the effects of, you know, any type of mental illness due to birth defects or whatnot, right? A lot of people used to have the opportunity that if um, they were so far along, right, and you did the tests and you find out, like, what is, does your child have downs? What do you want to do about it, right? That kind of thing. Bonnie, did you have to do that? Did you take that test or was it offered just out of curiosity?
1: We did because of my, and this is another phrase I hate, advanced maternal
3: age.
5: Okay, yeah. So, (laughs) oh no, they offered that test to me and I said, no, I was 38 when my daughter was born. I said, no, because I was 37.
2: I was like, I don't need to know.
5: I don't need to know if she is down. I'm going to love her. It's going to be amazing. But okay. um, They told me it was a
2: borderline geriatric pregnancy.
3: So with me, I have some problems. For instance, I have two uteri. Well, I'm sorry, uteruses. I just don't like saying uteruses. That's actually the technical term, but it sounds gross. So I say uteri. I have two uteri. <laughs> I have two cervix, one vagina. So I am anatomically not correct. If I were to have a child willingly, the, I think, I think they said something like, this was, I got the news like, and I didn't know till I was 28, get that. But I think the doctor told me, that I would be 65% or higher with major disabilities. And we're not talking physical, because physical, I think, as a parent, I could deal with. But after teaching special ed, that's actually how I started teaching, um, I already knew I'm the type of person that cannot deal with uh, mental disabilities on a day-to-day basis. That's just my personality, and I think that's a choice. But if something should happen right now, I would be completely fucked and don't have a choice about how my life is going to go. Now, call that, I mean, some people will absolutely call that um, selfish. But at the same time, I now know that I cannot live a life like that. Like, I cannot live a life completely giving myself to a child who may never understand the things that I would long for that child to understand I've worked firsthand with these type of um I mean we're not even talking downs we're just talking like any you know disabilities in general um that are mental not just downs so if if I should get pregnant at this point in time I would be completely fucked (laughs) I don't have a choice I guess my life is now devoted and um completely like completely devoted to a child that I already knew you know that was going to end up with and I say already knew because of course I'm going I'm I'm, on birth control I would take all the all the um right steps to prevent that but just like was it um Shirley was saying that even like if some guy was just like oh but you know I I have a um bisectomy Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: you'd be screwed I'd be screwed screwed.
3: so Mm -hmm. I just learned that today thank you so much (laughs) because as a single woman now because I have to take that in consideration now right I'm a single woman uh, not married anymore Uh, and um, man this is a huge bummer and now I have to be extra careful and and just like y'all you know I'll be 39 in August it's like man all the stacks of cards are against me instead of the life that I, you know, could have, or could
2: give, or whatever, you know. So it hurts. It, well, oh, and something it, that we no. have to keep in mind is, you know, I don't know about y'all, but my my social media feed is full of um, some people who are very pro life. Um, I'm glad. Come on out, so I can get rid of you. Um, who are you know, trying to make the religious excuse. And these are the people who have means who are middle-class or better and who have never opened their home to foster or adopt. So that's also interesting.
3: Yes. And that's another thing too. I want to add on to is I, I have nine sisters by the way, who all just have my, um, my maiden name, uh, they are not blood and they are all adopted. And I will tell you um, as uh, that having been brought up in a family like that and, and, and thank, you know, I've seen it all. I've seen all sides. I would adopt if need be. Uh, absolutely. And I think that that's probably the right thing to do now in adopting. I think you have to do, you have to do your due diligence and like researching like where these kids are from, ask the questions, Um, because I've seen it all. I have a couple sisters with some mental disabilities um, that are frightening. (laughs) But um, if you're the type of person to handle that, then absolutely do that. But you're at the same time correct. There's not enough people doing that. So um, it it all deals with religion and not about keeping a commitment, because once the baby is born, um, no one wants to adopt it. Or no one cares about what happens to it or the education or the well-being of that child. It's just over after
5: birth. So it's it's a shit show, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's, that's uh, another one of my concerns is that, like, it's privilege. It's privilege yeah. to be able to determine how reproductively... Um, you want your future to be that's privilege and Mm -hmm. a lot of women are not afforded that privilege and we do not have the infrastructure nor do we have the actual wherewithal to take care of these babies that are going to be born to poverty and and they're going to need support and, you know, they don't care about that. Uh, I like, you know. Uh, there's going to be so, so many people
3: bitching about the welfare and why mm. can't these people get jobs and why can't they take care of their kids? Why do we have to support them? Because they don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yep.
5: <laughs> That's why. Exactly. Exactly. Pull your pull yourself up by your bootstraps. i mean, like, come on, shut up. Well, well in the exc- my.
1: Well, I I'm was trying to, you, and then I
2: lost my job because I
5: got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Right? One of the um, people
2: who had a lot to say on my Facebook page, who's very pro life, um, she had the privilege of affording IVF to have her children. Oh. So I don't really want to hear it because okay. we all know the community this is going to affect the most.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: And it ain't people who can afford IVF. Absolutely. Yep.
4: Well, in. I was gonna bring up some of kind of the background with a lot of this the pro-life movement. Um and it's not we all know it's not about the babies. And it mm-hmm. is the this like white evangelical group that has taken over and pushed this agenda um through the Republican Party. And it wasn't as big of a deal until, or as much a party issue until the '80s. It's always there; 've always been laws. There's always been things back and forth. But when this particular iteration and came through was in the '80s, um, there was a man named Ben Wattenberg. Um, he wrote a book called "The Birth Dearth: What Happens When People in Free Countries Don't Have Enough Babies." And when he says free, he really means white. Right. And um, a lot of people picked up on this book, especially like ragged Republicans, um, because it goes along with crack babies, welfare queens, all of that racism, classism that was happening in the 80s. And the book in it, um, part of it, he said, there needs to be more white babies. And how do we do this? Because... With you know abortion rates, most of the abortions are happening with white women, and we need more white babies. we're gonna we're gonna be outnumbered. And how do you do this? Well, you could open the borders. but if you open the borders, we have to open it for everybody, and you may have people who are not white like, coming in. We could pay women to have babies and support them with that. But if you do that, we have to pay for everybody. So what you can do, is since most women who are getting abortions are white women, stop that and stop the white birth, birth. And I saw it referred to as soft eugenics, and it it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's become, and it was it played into religion and pro life being for supposedly the sanctity of life. Um, Chargers picked it up. This kind of evangelical I- ideology just proliferated, um, and is pushed with white supremacy and this this big fear of the changing world. And then we get McCain bringing you know Palin in and Tea Party. I mean, it's more it's complicated than that. But basically, that's kind of where we fucking are. You cannot remove um, some of the racism and classism with the abortion question. And I see a lot of people that are very we're all women. You know, we all should stick together and um, you can't remove those issues in there and you have to address them as when you are addressing the issue. And um, you can't remove racism. You can't remove the fact that, you know, this is going to disproportionately affect BIPOC women or, you know, or poor women for class issues. Um, and it's it, it's too intersectional. We can't we can't remove that. Um, and we can't separate one social identity from another. You, we're all women, yes, but some of us are black women. Some of us are Hispanic. It's, you know, you can't, some of them are LGBT. Um, and we can't remo- remove that. Um, I saw something referred to as it's mitigation versus adaptation. And when you have change, it's usually referred to with climate change, either you adapt to it or you try to mitigate the issues. And it's when you adapt to the um, problem that's happening and you don't stop what was causing it, it's going to happen again. And it's like, I mean, we had a black president, but we didn't remove any of those issues that kept there from being a black president until the 2000s. And there is a lot of, you, you have to, and we all have to recognize some of these inherent issues with the problem and try to solve them in order
1: for us to get, Back the agency with this. I appreciate you bringing that up, Lola or Zola, because it's the thing that makes me want to like scream at people. Is that these politicians and, like you said, the wealthy, mostly white women, are still going to be exceptions. They'll be able to travel. They'll be able to, you know, call in a favor from Daddy's friend or whatever in a country where. I believe the statistic I heard was the U.S. has the highest maternal mortality rate in the industrialized world, which is appalling to begin with, but it's also, like, from women in general, it's 33% higher than that, even for Black women. The maternal mortality rate is appalling, so this this is an issue that is literally life and death. Okay, so this is kind of rewinding back to something, but it's something that I keep... I keep like banging my head against the wall about why would we want people who don't want to be parents to be parents?
5: Mm -hmm.
1: We've all seen that in our classrooms. I've literally had kids tell me like, well, my mom never wanted me to begin with. So like, why, why I like having my daughter, if anything has made me more pro-choice because I don't want a kid to be in a situation where they are less loved and less cared for than my baby is. I don't, why would we want people who don't want to have kids to have kids? This shit's hard. Like I don't yeah. If you don't want it badly, it's going to increase and I know I'm preaching to the choir here like I just, I fear that it's going to increase domestic violence against kids, abuse, like parents resenting the kid that they never wanted to begin. With. I don't know. It just, yeah, I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah.
4: It doesn't make any sense. And I don't think it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah, you know, I keep seeing, and because um, a lot of the things we've, we've been dealing with, you know, I keep seeing the cruelty is the, is the point. Um, <laughs> and I... And like I said, you mentioned they've been playing the long game. And I don't think it's supposed to make sense to us. I don't think there's a way that we can hear their reasoning
2: and ha- and go, oh, okay, and turn to that side. I do want to say, um, this is so cliche, um, not all Republicans, but it does bring up the fact that there are a lot of people on both sides who are, pretty appalled by this um my parents are republicans they have been my whole life and i was lucky that i was raised by mama temper who has always been incredibly socially liberal and raised me to be a feminist um she takes no shit and she takes no prisoners and so when this happened the first thing she did is she called me and she said something like oh baby i'm so sorry she said I was lucky to have these protections when I was, you know, in my years of being able to have children. I was lucky to have the protections of Roe v. Wade, and now you don't, and neither does your daughter. And she was very, very upset. She's also voting for Beto O'Rourke. I just want to yes, throw that out there. <laughs> I know, yes, I Mama, like, yes. I said, "Holy shit, really." She was like, fuck Grad Abbott. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. I know. I know. But that's a sidebar. <laughs> I have I a
1: crush on your mom, honestly.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's it, 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 something that, um, she mentioned specifically, um, because my family is Southern Baptist on both sides, hardcore Southern Baptists, as conservative as you can be. But growing up, my mom said that only ignorant people use the Bible to, yeah excuse you know or to um, control women's bodies that's the wise word yes yes yep. mama temper is is the shit and um, so even though we are southern baptist um, she said fuck that shit <laughs> <laughs> now the rest of my family I don't need to know what they think I know what they think and oh, I don't gosh. give a shit but also that
4: <laughs> but also that <laughs> There's a lot of posts about anti networks or auntie networks and camping. You want to take people camping and, um, and saying, you know, if you want to come camping, camping is great in my state, come visit, I'll take you camping. Um, and it is a, a great way to kind of show your support. Um, but don't volunteer to go camping. <laughs> there are organizations that have been doing this, um, For decades, and I know a lot of people that say that probably will never have to, um, but if you are approached by someone who needs assistance, please go to an organization. Uh, National Network of Abortion Funds is great, and I'll ask Elvis, I mean, I think he's going to post some links, and we'll see if he puts some stuff up, but literal, literal decades of people have been doing this and have organizations, and they have the resources and the knowledge, they vet people, they know exactly what to do. And are sometimes I believe they may have grants or funds in order for them to be able to, you know, transportation, lodging, medical care after. And if you really truly want to take somebody camping, join the organization. You can volunteer, you can be trained, and you could be a part of that. But I saw someone on TikTok, and they said, sometimes in the rebellion, understand that it may be your job to make copies. And I think... I and it may just be talk, but I think there's a lot of people that are kind of centering and want to help. But you may need to make copies, and that's awesome. Um, and if you, you if you are assisting somebody with these organizations, make sure you're using something secure like a Signal. You're using DuckDuckGo to look up information. Um, make sure the organization is reputable. Make sure it's not a pregnancy crisis center. Um, and be willing to do things that um, aren't related to camping because there's a lot of people who like, it's like when you, there's a disaster and you want to donate clothes or something tangible, they really just need money because they already know what to do with that money. And so we'll just follow their lead. And this is not trying to shame anybody who's been talking about that, but just if you truly want to help, then please work with these organizations. And if someone approaches you and needs assistance, make sure you securely using like DuckDuckGo or, you know, whatever, and a VPN to find the information that you need if it is not a safe situation in your state. Um, because you the last thing you want to do is try to help somebody and get into trouble and have no, I mean, in Texas, I mean, I, I don't know if people have forgotten, but we, there's still, we can, someone can file a lawsuit against you. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, the government it is a, a person, anybody. Yeah. Some redneck you forgot you added to Facebook so you can play farm wool with them in 2010. They, If they realize that you, are, you, know, you have assisted somebody, you can be sued in Texas. And what are you going to do when you personally have to handle those legal costs and those issues? So you've really got to be knowledgeable and realize the end goal is to help that person.
1: Um, so they're just a mention of that. Thank you. That's absolutely a a good reminder. I was going to say the same thing about like in Texas, you can be charged with a felony for assisting in any way, even if you are like the Uber driver who takes someone to their appointment, like it's some bullshit, but yeah, be safe out there. Work with organizations that have the legal like knowledge and infrastructure to be able to know how to operate safely.
2: Have we said fuck um, Ken Paxton yet? Fuck Ken Paxton! I thought that was just understood. I mean, that's Forever. just always. always. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that bullshit about how they did the Texas Trigger Law and then he made it like a sanctity of life holiday. Yeah.
5: Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. You mean the one oh. who's under
1: indictment right now and is still somehow the Attorney General of Texas?
2: He wanted a pardon from his trumpy Wumpy, but he didn't get it. Oh, sad violence. A lot of this has to do about the pregnancy apps who are, like, you know, farming and selling their data. Um, I actually found, I'm plugging this, this amazing app called Stardust. It is a female-created period app, and they publicly made a statement and when you download the app the first thing that they said is that they support Roe v. Wade and they support a woman's right to choose and their data is inaccessible to the government and yes it's called Stardust. So I deleted my old app and downloaded her and it's also really funny. I enjoy the app. And,
4: and in general um, just for data privacy even, even an app that purports that, you know, like this one, I, I don't know a whole lot about it, um, but especially ones that are new, um, just keep that data to a minimum. Um, and if someone were to subpoena your records and they, you know, they turn it over, um, and I, that's not, your period app's not gonna be a smoking gun, um, but it's going to use, they're gonna use multiple things in order to build a case. It'll be your period app, it'll be, your search history it'll be your mobile search history, it'll be your emails it'll be your text messages, it'll be your phone calls, Um, all that information, and that's always been something people can look that up, I mean, or or look that up, excuse me, subpoena Um, so, and we've in general have, you know, turned over a lot of privacy in order, because of smartphones and even Facebook, I mean, they've been selling data all the time Um, and so just keep in mind, in general, what you're doing um, if, it's, if it's a big concern. Um, and But use Signal for text messaging, that is what I've heard, and DuckDuckGo for your searches. They don't store cookies. They don't track that. Um, those are good apps just for privacy in general, even if it's not related
5: to this. Oh, my God. How scary is it that we live in a world that, that's, that uh, <laughs> this is what we have to think about?
1: Fucking terrifying is what it is.
5: Gilead. Gilead?
1: Yeah. It
5: is Gilead.
1: Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> y'all. Some dystopian... But, Zola, would you like to that? I would.
5: Thoughts.
4: I know. I'm... So, I, I I, need to get the feminist Killjoy t-shirt. That's me. Um, Handmaid's Tale, the imagery and and posting that, it's not great. Um... Dystopias are usually um, kind of like, "Hey, what if this hor- horrific atrocity happened to white people?" <laughs> is kind of how a lot of these are. And reproductive violence has been on Indigenous people, BIPOC, poor women, like hundreds of years. Um, I look it up specifically because do y'all know what, have a lot of information or knowledge? Because I knew some, but knowledge on compulsory sterilization.
2: I did. I read a couple of articles about it when um, all the backlash kind of started.
5: Oh, there is there yeah. are some huge cases in in my state regarding eugenics yeah. in the government. Yeah, it's bad. Um, it was terrible.
4: I mean, for I mean, it's it was all over the state, and this was happening in the sixties and seventies. This was this wasn't like a long time ago. This is you know a, I mean people were like black women. They would get a, a Mississippi appendectomy and have a unnecessary hysterectomy performed on them when they went to give birth or have another, you know, have another procedure, um, for Latinx women in California, like huge forced sterilization without informed consent or through coercion. And it, what is it? I looked it up. 40% of native American women in the United States underwent sterilization in the 1970s. So a lot of the stuff that, that is shown in handmaid's tale, um, has very recently, and you know, a lot of this reproductive violence has happened. It's entirely possible someone knows somebody who was who sterilized like that, um, and it's still going on for disabled women. And if that it's centering a TV show for, and it feels like it's cosplaying trauma, and that's not anybody's intention. But I think at this point, I know there was a lot of it when it, the TV show first came out. But I think it's not sending the message that you would like to send. And I'm not saying don't do that. And if that book is meaningful to you, and um, then you want to post something or you know talk about something, then that's fine. That's not. I'm saying, I'm not calling you out for that. But it is problematic to show that as a kind of support for abortion. Abortion, excuse me. It's, like I said, I'm a big old feminist pill I'm sorry.
1: I know. I. I was again the person that was making the you know blessed be the fruit comments the day after stuff but I I do that's something and I think a lot of the people listening would kind of we are a very we the our listeners and like we tend to be a very when we know better we do better crowd so I I think that's important stuff for us to know so thank you for doing that emotional labor for us there's <laughs> only
4: you're welcome and there's, like, so there's articles I'll lower the place for this I, I, and I haven't seen the TV show so I don't have a um, dog in the fight for that I'm, I just don't like those kind of things in general I feel like <laughs> even before any of this it's like kind of things are garbage in general I want to I wanna watch Ted Lasso or, you know <laughs> I, don't, I need an
1: episode of Bluey and you know <laughs> the escapism like i'm not like the world is a dumpster fire i am not watching or reading things to make me more depressed like if i know ahead of time that something is going to make me cry i'm not going to watch it because
2: i I, don't need that in my fiction right i am a professional depressed anxious person so it (laughs) did not affect me whatsoever (laughs) but i did binge all four seasons in two weeks i really did uh, i've I've
1: seen any of it uh, when when did you read it because i read it like in january of 2017 like right after inauguration and i flipped shit
2: like i now when i read the book i did have an emotional breakdown the book but the tv show not so much i was pretty fine
5: okay well i i read the book when i had jury duty when i was in college which was 1990 something because i'm old and um It was back in the day when you couldn't call in the day before and see if your number was coming up. Like, you actually had to go and sit all day at the courthouse. So I did, and I brought The Handmaid's Tale to read because I was in college, and that's what we read. And and I read the whole thing, and it freaked me out when I left amongst all these governmental buildings. And it was just very, very odd. That, that was my experience I could not get through the second season of the show but the book I love but I also love Margaret Atwood so Zola do you think it
1: and this is an honest question I, I don't know um is there any value to it in the sense of like okay this woke you up but now here's what you need to know about it like could it, <laughs> could it be useful in that way?
4: I think I mean and this isn't saying don't watch anything, you know. This is this is more of using that imagery on social media to um to comment on the life situation because I think that's part of the problem is is that this stuff like I said, this stuff has been happening and it has been happening to indigenous and bipoc women. And men, there was, there, I mean, that's why the, you know, they're joking about mandatory vasectomies, you know, that happened. (laughs) You know, there were men, you know, in prison, um, you know, or especially indigenous, but they were, they were forcibly sterilized. They were, they had vasectomies. And um, I think that's, that's the issue. That's actually the issue is that it's a problem and you, you might want to look at the media and the information you're consuming if it took a handmaid's tale to wake you up to some of the issues that have happened just in general um and if that's your touchstone i think that's you know and there are better people than i have, have spoken to this um so i don't know if i'm articulating it as well as i should but you know i think that's the issue is it takes when it takes some sort of fiction to bring it to your mind and make you aware of something that's been happening um for people i mean what was it 1979 was when they had new guidelines about informed consent for surgeries and you know there's i just think yeah it's it's i think it's a it's useful too. if that was your first um If that was your first experience of of this kind of reproductive violence and for women, I think, you know, there's there's some more reading and some more information you could look to. Um, And maybe that's that's a cue for you to do further. Yeah. Further reading. Because information is that's how it's not going to work against them. They don't care about the information, but for yourself. Finding out more information, finding out exactly what, you know, the the case said, the opinion was, so that you know what the issue is, finding out what your own state laws are, just a general idea, just so you know, you have to be able to know what could happen to you. And I think more information you can absorb as and that you can safely for your mental health, um... I know that I've had to, I have to limit my my sources on things sometimes because my anxiety won't let me absorb, you know, massive amounts of doom scrolling. But um, I think the more information you have, especially if this decision has made you um, stop and realize some stuff in general, then I think, you know, maybe find more information so you can protect yourself.
1: What hope do we have going forward? Like what... Obviously, like donate to established causes, donate time, donate money, donate your platform if you have a platform. If you are somebody who you know has eight gajillion followers on TikTok or whatever, like what are what are some other sources of hope? Is there any source of hope? stuff that we can kind of lean on here
5: get um, out and vote oh get out and vote for sure
2: um also look into companies who are willing to um, pay for any type of expenses that will include abortion Um, there are several lists going around so even if you live in a state where you you know these trigger laws have taken into effect there are companies corporations that will um, kind of help bypass that so definitely look into that
4: yeah, and that's in their best interest because they don't have to pay for maternity leave. So, I mean, I don't want to be <laughs> too, too pessimistic, but it's, it's great that they're no, doing that that's and it's important that that it is in
2: their interest. That's completely valid. That's a whole – no, that is a
1: whole thing because, like, that's – we're going to – that goes into a whole other can of worms and we're going to run out of time. But, like, what are we – what the hell are we doing forcing more people – To have babies when we don't have universal health care in this country, we don't have paid maternity leave. Child care is a hot damn. I'm sorry, I'm mm, as somebody who just just, uh, standard Medicare, maternity leave, like who just took maternity leave recently, and like as a teacher, I had been banking days since I started teaching, (laughs) and not everybody has that option. So I, like, even that, even blowing two-thirds of my accumulated days in one fell swoop was
5: a privilege. What the hell, America? Sorry. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, we don't have the infrastructure. Right. Because we certainly don't give a damn about poor people. No. no. I don't mean me personally. I mean, yeah. like, as a, as a nation.
1: No.
4: Not clearly. No this is just a reminder, I feel like um, pregnancy is a protected characteristic. (laughs) So, if your job is giving you shit about you being pregnant, look into your options. Um, Physical complications can be, they can be covered under ADA, but look into your options. If if your job is giving you shit about any, I said this in the ADHD episode, about anything medically that is happening to you, medically and and mental health, look into your options. Don't I know it's hard, but don't take a shit if you can, you know as much as you can, um, because even even knowing that it's like the companies will try to screw you, your your district, your I don't know if it's your district or if it would be specifically your school or whomever that they may try to and um, advocate for yourself the best that you can, especially now in general with it, you know we, we need to definitely advocate for ourselves
1: overall.
2: Yes, do no harm but take no shit Word. absolutely
1: I think Zola I'm sorry I keep going back to you because you flexed your research muscles real hard on this <laughs> and I loved it yeah um, what were some of the possible like workarounds that you sent something about like using federal oh yeah federal buildings federal lands like to as a possible yeah um, that, that was that was amazing
4: I was shocked. And I actually, when the decision came down, I kept, I was getting, like, within minutes of me getting, like, that Washington Post notification, I was getting fundraising emails. And I was like, stop asking me for money, you toothless fucks. Do something. (laughs) Um, but one of the emails was a rep, I don't know and I don't think that this is necessarily specifically his idea, this is where I first heard it but Elizabeth Elizabeth Moore and AFC also have said things about this but his name was uh, James Tallarico I guess he's a rep in in Austin Um, but some of the things that he said was and he was going to propose is leasing federal property to clinics on federal land or in federal offices Um. State law doesn't apply, Um, and you know that. Want to say that for you know, don't go do something on federal land because you think you know Texas is going to get mad at you. But you know, it's federal property, and so the state law would not, you know, to my knowledge, would not apply on there. So having those be on, um, I mean, I don't know how that would look, but that's an option.
1: Um, And also, it's kind of like the embassy thing. Like if you're mm -hmm. uh, like on a foreign embassy, just on the state level instead like yeah. national that's wild i didn't know i didn't even think about that but that's kind of awesome
4: <laughs> yeah and it's one of those things you're like oh, okay maybe, maybe you know and again and again that's it's a like adaptation mitigation i mean that's that's adapting to the situation we don't but that long as we view that as temporary the next one would be hiring providers as federal employees to provide immunity from the states yeah. so all of those people who could face jail time fines suing. Um, If they're a federal employee, they are doing federal work and the states should not be able to touch them.
2: Um, I'm making all kinds of impressed noises with your research that occurred to me. You can't hear me because I muted myself, but um, (laughs) impressed noises.
4: (laughs) I felt it. I felt it. I was like, oh, Shirley loves me. She appreciates it. Um, But AOC did point out, you know, something that needs to happen, obviously, is restrain judicial review and expand the court. Like, this should not have happened. Um, there's been a lot of noise, and I don't know, I don't want to speak to it specifically, but I've seen, you know, people, they were saying they lied when they, they were getting confirmed. Um, I don't believe that they necessarily did, but um, when the, was it, Comey Barrett and Kavanaugh and, um, you know, all said, you know, they were all specifically asked about Roe and they all gave answers that were still true. Um, you know, it's a very important precedent. That's not a lie. They didn't say shit about what they would do with it. Um, and obviously, I mean, the court is, is stacked and they're not behaving in a, way that it's intended for the supreme court of the united states to behave so there are paths forward and there are things that people are doing and um it's kind of a look for the helper situation for people who are saying you know if people in general saying vote absolutely but if your elected official is telling you you know it's important to vote also give me three dollars to act blue or my campaign or blah 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 Fuck off! Give us, give us some options. Tell us what you're going to do, because we've been asking you to do something for a very long time. We put you in there to do something. Yep. And yes. and then you can't are limited, but obviously people need to think wider, and people are. Um, it's just really disappointing <laughs> because we no keep balls. No balls. What Clarence Thomas? Fuck oh. that guy. He's always been awful. <laughs> He's always been awful. Uh, I mean, are you are you guys old enough to remember the Anita Hill? Style? Anita Hill. I remember it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I remember it. And I mean, this, I, you know, the, obviously the, um, just the little details. I didn't realize what it was and what it meant. Um, I keep
2: saying that Anita was right. And was like, we knew that <laughs> we knew that. Yeah. Um,
5: they just don't care about women that's that's it yeah i don't know y'all i i have always been such a supreme court geek and i and i love uh, i had such admiration and respect for the supreme court and now i just uh, i don't know i don't know
2: well, maybe we can do something to get that back.
5: That would be nice, but I, I it <laughs> was not ever supposed to be partisan. And I, this is that—that uh, that was Nina Totenberg's point. It's like the legitimacy, like the gravity. It's—it's kind of gone. It's just kind of a farce. Oh yeah, not to get dark. Yeah, no, it's it's
4: <laughs> it, it, it's been dark. <laughs> yeah, it's real bad. And I I I was talking to a friend of mine who um, is in law school because I I had her check me on some of the opinions because I was like I know this is right, but I need you to to tell me if I'm if I'm understanding this <laughs> properly. Um, and you know, I said it, it it's pissing me off because it's interesting. <laughs> Uh, and, and, maybe not all the things, but it's interesting how they did this and how the opinion and how they're shaping, it, you know, uh, as far as the clause and like the, the case law behind it is interesting for anybody who is interested in that kind of stuff. But in reality, it's fucking awful,
1: mm-hmm.
4: but, um, it would be interesting to read about if this was in a history book but we are living in the interesting times and that's not so great.
1: Yeah. That's, that's one of those, like, I've seen that meme on Facebook a couple of times and like, I'm getting real tired of living through the most interesting chapter in my daughter's future history book. Yeah, Between the pandemic and the insurrection, the insurrection and this shit, like, I, I remember when I was in middle school, we had to do a report, like, in my history social studies class um, about—it it was something to do with the 1960s, and we were supposed to interview somebody who had, you know, lived through the 1960s about, like, their memories and experiences and the civil rights movement and landing on the moon and, you know, this and that and the other— and I was talking to my mom about it and she was like, it's really weird to think that something that was just my life is something that you're learning about in history now. And yeah, I'm, I'm real, real over being a history book chapter. <laughs> it's, it's not fun.
4: There is a lot of,
1: and guess it's related to social
4: media. There's a lot of people sharing their stories. Um, and again, with emotional labor, doing the emotional labor to, um, hopefully make it realist to people who um, may not have any experience, um, maybe hopefully change some minds and hearts, but just remember that's your personal, personal medical history. Abortion is healthcare and you don't owe anybody that story and nobody owes you theirs, but you don't owe anybody that story. So if you do not want to share any experience that you have had, um, you know, ladies here have been nice enough to share their own information and, but that's a gift you give somebody, and you don't have to justify your opinion with personal experience. um You know, and especially you shouldn't anyway. It's that bullshit with men of you know what will happen, would you like that if your daughter happened? It doesn't fuck you. No, it shouldn't be any. You know, being I don't have to tell you to be a decent human being. Like it doesn't have to be related directly to you and affect you. um And so you know, your one wild and beautiful life is better spent you know not arguing with idiots on the internet if you don't want to if you want to if that's your hobby go after it you know um and i know it's some people's hobby because i have to ban them on the facebook pages but
2: um (laughs) you know which is for those
1: those of y'all that didn't know zola is our uh social media guru when you see the posts the awesome hilarious thought-provoking things on the uh, teacher needs a drink Facebook pages. That is, that is Arzola. That is, that is. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I've been mean, heavily influenced with Elvis, but um, that it's funny seeing people do that and comment on some of the, you know, memes or stuff that we've posted. Cause obviously, you obviously haven't listened to this show. I mean, so you obviously don't, you're not realizing where we are. I don't know how you found us. But, um, you know, making a comment that is not uh, in agreement or arguing with people um, on there uh, is futile because what we'll do is we will ban you if you are bad enough and not think about it. Let's think ban you and then go on with our lives happy and not give you another thought. So, um, but yeah, you don't have to, you don't owe anybody your story and you don't have to give them your story if you don't want to. And I feel like because there's a lot of people sharing, there may be pressure or there may be, um, a need to try to defend your point because of that. And you you don't have to, you don't have to. So don't Don't think that This is me telling you don't. Yeah, exactly. This is all of us telling you just don't, just don't. Yeah, and you know, I mean, Cla- Clarence. Honestly, um, Clarence and a lot of shit. And I've seen some some racist shit being um, given to him. But my problem, Amy Ames. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. who I'm mad at. We knew Clarence was guess.
1: Well, we knew we knew her as with her as well. Like anybody yes. who didn't think she was going to do this at the first opportunity was kidding themselves. To put it nicely. I yeah.
5: wasn't surprised. Oh, right. And Kavanaugh yeah. as well. Like, oh, when they, Oh, yeah. yeah. They did the the hearings for him. I was like, oh, my God. This guy. Yeah. Well, and I really enjoy but
4: watching I, him I, I... cry. Um.
5: <laughs> I love that the SNL skit about it is hilarious.
1: I haven't seen it. Did they do a good one?
5: Okay. Yes. Really, really good. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Do it.
2: This is a really yeah. good time that I took up embroidery because I really like taking my needle and stabbing it in something over and over. (sighs) It's very cathartic. (laughs) I
1: I know this is something that we've talked about regularly, but um, any, anybody got any good like self care, mental health, self care tips during this time of turbulence.
2: Put the phone down surely so he recommends stabbing
1: stuff and also <laughs> yes. put the phone out and down and go outside i go was going to
5: say go for a hike
2: man yeah, go walk I, in a mall you, it's too hot outside but go take yeah. a walk in a mall <laughs> i to say if you live, <laughs> I, if live, in, you live in-
5: I live in a much more temperature friendly place just saying. Yeah. You
1: no know, if you I, live in a place that's that not feels satan's ass asshole sauna right now then yeah um, i say if you have not, if you feel the need
4: and you have not looked into it, go to therapy. Like, just, just, just if there's any stigma or shame, or I mean, if it's a medical, or to me, not medical, but a, you know, financial issue, um, you can find some options, at least something. Go, if you need to, go to therapy. And if you need to, take medication. If you need both. To. Both. I mean, yes. You know, what? You know, what is it I say on tweet about, you know, like how do people out here just raw dog in life? Like, how are you not medicated?
5: <laughs> you know, just can't relate. Just,
4: we yeah.
5: Oh, there's right some here. comedian that calls them arm floaties. Like, you need your arm floaties. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: I, you know Jesus. what, we are, we are, I, I speak for myself and at least a couple of other people here. We are medicated and life is better that way do what works for you if you're somebody that doesn't believe in med, go to therapy go like do your mindfulness practice do something but we are we are pro therapy and also pro meds around
2: pro embroidery because you get to stab something over and over and if your therapist
4: isn't working for you right now you can find another one it's not like your hairdresser you can break up yeah if they don't work they just may, and it's not that they may not be bad. They just may not work for you. And that's a
5: well I mean I think it's important to know that like the best thing you can do is stay politically active and vote. Vote. Mm-hmm. Vote. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay.
4: We posted something um during the George Floyd um a lot of George Floyd protests about um, you know, sometimes being in your lane doesn't necessarily mean a physical protest. Um, you may not be able to because of circumstances, work, physical limitations. Um, so find your lane that will help you be able to voice your, you know, your abilities and show support in you can whatever, um, you can. And if it's not a physical protest, um, then you may not be able to, um, If you've got dudes to make them, you know, if you're going to physical protest, they should show up. Um, We didn't talk any about what men should be doing. But the men in your life, they may not feel they can say anything, but they should be supporting you and elevating your voice. Mm -hmm. Yes. It should be, you know, and there's a lot of people who say, oh, well, you know, if you don't have a uterus, you can't say anything. And I mean, and this is a bodily autonomy, you know, issue. And it should, it's everybody deserves bodily autonomy. And this should be a situation and a um, thing that they should be aware of and be concerned with, and elevate women's voices and you know, or in order to help mm-hmm. and not stand back. Okay. So,
5: I must say I love my husband because he is appropriately pissed off, and he also just listens.
4: This is from an article called "Necessity of Hope." Um, it's a Rebecca
2: Tracer Tracer
4: um, Tracer article, um, but. She wrote that the prison abolitionist Marie Kabas reminds us that hope is a discipline. It's also a political strategy and a survival mechanism. As Cabas said, it's less about how you feel and more about the practice of making a decision every day that you're still going to put out one foot in front of the other, that you're still going to get up in the morning, and you're still going to struggle. It's work to be hopeful.
2: Mm. Amen your
1: job as part of the resistance right now is to hang on to hope. So. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you guys for, uh, thank you to our listeners. If you stuck with us this long and you did not turn off the podcast in a fit of conservative rage, uh, we appreciate you and we love you. Um, thank you to the other hosts for being here tonight Lucille thank you for being here
3: thank you Uh, I love you ladies and I try to be with you all as much as possible with my busy schedule we love you
1: we love you too Uh, Mama Chicken
2: thank you for being here thanks for having me Shirley thank you for being here life's a bitch now so am I
1: (laughs) That, that seems really appropriate right now do you know what it's from? For it's, it sounds familiar. I know, I know it. Just tell me,
2: Catwoman from Batman Returns. That's right. That's cool.
1: Yes, okay. but apropos, completely like for this topic. And yes, just,
2: I I took a lot of time in selecting my quotes for the night
1: to our wonderful, wonderful Zola dramaturge. Yes. <laughs>
4: Flexing those
1: academic nerd muscles. Zola, thank you for being here.
4: <laughs> thank you for having me and letting me talk at length <laughs> and, and yell. Um, this was fairly cathartic, I think, a little bit. I don't know. How do y'all feel about that?
1: It's, so it was good to be able to talk about it with like-minded folks. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. um, it is it is a helpful, hopeful thing to know that there are other people out there who feel the same way so Mm -hmm. um to our listeners we love you um thank you for listening and sticking with this um hang on to hope keep up the fight and if you are looking for resources i believe those are going to be posted on the uh okay so if you are somebody who is looking for resources or if you know someone who is um we will and if you can't find it message elvis and he will Point you in the right direction, but um, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. (sighs) Deep breaths, deep drinks, cheers. Cheers
4: cheers.
2: Cheers, motherfuckers. Cheers Cheers to everyone except the Supreme Court.
1: Uh,
2: uh, uh, Oh
1: god. Except for uh, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, and uh Stephen.
2: The old white guy, yeah. His mm-hmm. name is important. I just can't. I can't remember it. <laughs>
4: oh. Stephen Brier, like the ice cream. Briar. Yes. Yes. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Alright, thanks for joining us for another episode of Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I'd like to thank my host tonight, the very wonderful Bunny O'Hare, for taking the raids and the lead. I stand by and support every single thing. Her and the other host said tonight, I'd like to thank them as well. Big thank you to Zola Zanzibar for all of her all of her meticulous research that she did in helping this podcast out. i also like to thank uh, Miss Lucille Lane and Miss Is Mama Chicken and, of course, Miss Shirley Temporal for helping it out. These women are welcome. Wonderful, And I appreciate all the time and effort and emotional heartache they went through to do this. I'd also thank all of our Patreons at Patreon. If you like this podcast, like to hear more of it, join our Patreon for as little as $5, $10 a month. You get all kinds of extra bonus features, extra content, and access to our wonderful Facebook group. Last but not least, I want to thank our sponsor, Ludlam Dramatics. If you are a theater teacher or know one in your building, go to Ludlam Dramatics right now and sign up. All right, folks, I hope you enjoy your holiday. I hope you enjoy your summer. And I hope you vote. Please vote, vote, vote. All right, fans, cheers.